From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Seems like we've had a little taste of spring here for the last three or four days. It's been very nice outside. Yep, uh, over 70 degrees yesterday. Yeah, very nice. Even last night, it was in the high 60s. Really, really nice weather. And then uh, I guess everybody's getting ready for spring break. Uh, Matt, you going anywhere for spring break? Yeah, going to go to Louisiana, uh, see my family, and that's what we do every year. That's kind of where we were. We'll talk about this in just a second, but where we were last year when uh, the world shut down, starting with the NBA, I think on like March 12th or something like that. So, yeah, we'll be down there and uh, get to visit with my mom and, and family. Uh, their spring breaks don't line up with ours. You know, an opportunity to see maybe a few friends and uh, hang out with my mom. That's cool. I think you know, a lot of people are getting ready to go to spring break, and things are back open. People you know, planning trips to Florida, planning trips to go skiing. Uh, so just a really exciting time. And those of you that are going to travel, remember, this weekend to spring forward, uh, this is the uh, Daylight Savings Weekend. Lose an hour of sleep. Probably everybody's what you know, least favorite uh, night of the year when you lose that hour of sleep. Springing forward at 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Just remember to do that. Set your clocks. Don't be late for church. And being spring, and another thing that you think about is uh, spring is the perfect time to sell a house. That's exactly right, Derek. And if you're looking to sell your house this spring, please reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch is the number one residential real estate team for well over a decade in DeSoto County. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009. That's 25,000 closings on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They are full-time, full-service realtors, which means they are available when you need them. They were ranked recently as a top team in Mississippi by America's real estate professionals. They've been voted DeSoto's best team multiple times. And right now, they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. Again, that is free, no-obligation market analysis to learn more about the value, to learn more about comps in your area, to learn the right to sell your house. Reach out to Brian and Terry and their team at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for your free, no-obligation market analysis. Podcast recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando, just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, thermometers, sauces, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or a really cool high-end smoker, Malcolm's Shop has what you need. Please find them on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. That's the letter H, the number two, the letter Q, Malcolm Shop. Or you can give them a call at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Again, located 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics. Derek, had, I had the opportunity to stop by there. I mean, you, you know, that I, to, just to visit with Malcolm and Rochelle for just a few minutes, kind of working on some UTW podcast merchandise, and I want to talk to them uh, about that. Man, again, what a store. It's not overly big, but it got a great selection, yep. all kind of rubs. You have grills. You have uh, merchandise of theirs that you can buy. Um, just a, a great store. So, again, if you don't know where this is, at the corner, as Matt said, of Memphis Street and Whitfield Drive, please go in there and look. I mean, just to shop around, nicest people running behind the counter. Um, and you, know, you can get dill pickles. Um, you can get all kind of things in there just to kind of freshen up not only, you know, what you want to cook, but, you know, a couple of things to maybe go with it, things to cook it on, things to wear while you're cooking it on. 
you know, so just a, a really good store. Take a look at Malcolm's YouTube channel, Derek. 1.19 million subscribers. I had no idea we were uh, sponsored by a celebrity. I had no idea. It's about five less than us. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we just crossed the one million dollar mark on <laughs> on YouTube, which we are not on yet. So we're working working on that. But uh, again, thank you again to Team Couch of Birch Realty Group for being our presenting sponsor, and certainly How to Barbecue Right Shop for being our studio sponsor. Derek, big news last night. We'll, we'll touch on this first. UTW podcast listeners, y'all kind of know the drill. We typically start local and work our way out to maybe national news. We're going to spin it around this time since we are going to here shortly dive into a very important topic in the city of Hernando over the last several years. We're going to visit and talk more and, and deep dive into the animal shelter, the Hernando Animal Shelter. The past, present, and future of the Hernando Animal Shelter is what we're going to discuss here in just a few minutes. But last night, President Joe Biden spoke in front of or had a I won't even call it a press conference. It's his first public since his inauguration. Right. In I mean, 50 days. Exactly. His first public speech. All right. First public speech. In the East Wing. You know, I guess the East Wing of right. the uh, White House. Yeah. Kind of commemorating the one-year anniversary. The one-year anniversary of things really changing in the United States of America when it came to the COVID-19 virus, for sure. Yeah, it was a shutting down. Everything started shutting down. NBA games started being canceled. And so, I think they he used the, uh, March 11th. Now, you know, there was a couple places that already kind of shut down. But the official March was yesterday, the 11th. Uh, was the day they used. I thought it was the 10th, but it was they. I guess everybody's using the 11th, and uh, so he used that to both assign the 1.9 trillion dollar COVID release uh, relief act, uh, and then also to re- kind of talk last night about the anniversary, uh, as well as signing the act. So it was kind of a about a 23 minute speech. I, I watched it and uh, kind of went along with you know what was signed yesterday. Hard to think about it, Derek. I mean, you think about in one year, Congress has passed six trillion dollars towards yeah. relief relief and stuff like that i think i did see and we'll go ahead and transition to this the 1.9 trillion dollars uh, signed yesterday by joe biden you know derek i thought I, I saw two different articles about this and you being a banker the idea of 1.9 trillion dollars of anything is probably uh, yeah you did some research i go did some it. research and i'm gonna if, if the listeners will allow i'm gonna spend you know a few minutes not 10 to 15 but more like four or five minutes kind of breaking down what the major buckets of this relief act are because you know you hear the words you know some people say there's only nine percent going toward cover relief and and technically that's true for i guess uh, individuals and that sort of thing but i want to kind of just kind of talk about where the money's going so uh, the first thing i think everybody and and yes this is a national i guess topic and so we usually go local to national but there will be a lot of people getting something from this uh, act so that it makes it very local uh, especially for those that were receiving stimulus checks. So the bill will, would send uh, $1,400 stimulus checks to every member of the household, making, uh, now th- there are caveats, they lower the amount that can qualify. So if you're a single filer, 75000 or less, you will get some, you, you'll get some of this uh, stimulus. Uh, but for the and married couples, it goes up to 160000 or less. This is 40000 less than last time it was 100 and 200. Uh, so there will be less people getting stimulus checks this time. So if you make, if you're a married couple making more than 160, you will not get anything. Or if you're a single filer making more than 75, you will not get anything. All right, so that's kind of how it breaks down for the stimulus checks. The package also extends the existing 300 weekly unemployment benefits through September 6th. This was set to expire March 14th from the previous one that was signed back in December where everybody got smaller stimulus checks. That's now has been signed today. Obviously, it will extend all the way now to September 6th. Uh, the amount will be $300 uh, extra per week over what your state gives you. Some people had wanted $400. It is going to be $300 as it was since December, so that remains the same. The next thing, this is something that is kind of tricky. Uh, it's more of a, a tax return or 
kind of a tax time issue. Under the legislation, most Americans will receive 3000 a year for each child ages 6 to 17 and 3600 for each child under 6 for the child tax credit. This is an increase from $2000. So this is a I mean this is a pretty big Is that is that forever going forward or No, it? it's for the same it's for the same well, it's for yeah, it's for the next year. Um so at some point 21. It, right for 21 could be set to expire now. A couple things, the income limits are still in place. Uh, first of all, so you know the, the same limits that were before for the um, for the stimulus checks. Another thing is is that there could be some payments during the year off of that. So you may randomly receive three hundred dollars in your account uh, if you are in that payment range or in the and the you know under one sixty or under seventy five. You may just receive random. So in other words, they they're going to be giving it to you throughout the year instead of you waiting until next you know whenever you filed your taxes in twenty twenty two for twenty twenty one. To be able to get it, you know, it, you know, your refund then, so they actually will pay you your refund in advance. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, sure. They don't really know who or when or how that will take place, and I think it's going to be up to half. So it won't, you know, the other half you'll still have to claim at your taxes next year. So be watching for that. So th- you said three hundred dollars may may show up in your checking account, kind of like when my daughter sends her prom dresses back that she that she ordered online. Yeah. Yeah, so summer type oh, thing. Yeah, or, yeah, <laughs> I look I, up, it's like, well, where'd that go? Yeah, you know? or, or kind of like when you've, you know, find $5 in your pocket, but just, you know, a little bit more. So that, that's kind of for the individual. So sure. you've got your child tax credits, you've got your stimulus checks, and then you've got your unemployment benefits. Now, for the states, states are getting $350 billion, so pretty large amount. Uh, Mississippi is getting around $2.7 billion of the $350 billion. Okay. So Mississippi will be getting something. Uh, the pandemic response, tens of billions of dollars will go to fund the coronavirus testing and contract tracing, increasing the size of the public health workforce and funding vaccine distribution. The next one, housing assistance. They're going to set aside $20 billion in emergency rental assistance and other relief for the homeless. $20 billion uh, for that. Uh, and then another $10 billion will go to mortgage and home ownership assistance, so those possibly in, in trouble of losing their homes. Uh, school support. The, the bill sets aside $130 billion for K through 12 schools to reopen. Uh, the ones in Mississippi never, you know, a lot of them never <laughs> closed. Uh, but the ones that are reopening, they're getting $130 billion. And then colleges and other higher education institutions would receive almost $40 billion. Yeah. Uh, so that's, again, split through all the colleges and throughout the states. Yeah, all the, all the schools in Florida are like, oh, we get to go to school and get money. That sounds good yeah. to me. Okay. That's right. The bill also sets aside $1 billion. This is a local thing here. The bill also sets aside $1 billion for the Head Start program. We mm-hmm. do have a Head Start we center do. in Hernando. We do. Which, of course, provides early childhood education, health, and nutrition services to low-income and children and families. Again, we've got a great Head Start sure. program here, and so I'm all for that You know, billion right. dollars being, you know, being spent if, for those people uh, if they need it. Uh, the bill includes uh, this. This one, I have a little problem with. Um, little, little head podcast listeners, he is scratching his yeah. head. So, th- this bill includes eighty-six billion dollars. Okay. For bailing out failing pensions. Mm, now these pensions, and I'm, I don't think I'm. I, you know, I have not done a lot of pension research. A lot of these pensions were already failing. Correct. <laughs> this was not a pandemic issue. This was a an investment issue. Correct. Maybe some misallocation of funds issues. This was not a pandemic issue for the most part. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the market lately. It's not down. Correct. And so if you would have invested it wisely and not, you know, spent it anyway. Um, what, did it say what which pensions or not necessarily? Uh, it didn't say no. It doesn't. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't say it. I did. The we research yeah, I did. Yeah. I didn't. Okay. I didn't read that deeply. The bailout. You know, it's you know that obviously many of these were failing beforehand. This you know obviously is trying to shore up retirees' funds, and I understand that. But 
again, this was yeah, not this was not, yeah, sure. not not a pandemic issue, so it doesn't have anything to do with that. I, I'm not saying it's what what the right percentage was. Sure, you know, I disagree with right. the next one. Five hundred and ten million. So not I hate to say that five hundred ten million is not a lot, but compared to one point nine trillion, it's not. Uh, goes to FEMA uh, emergency food and shelter programs. Uh, that's one of the new provisions added. Uh, the bill also adds $10 billion in infrastructure program to help local governments continue crucial capital projects. So possibility that you know Mississippi could get another $10 billion for something now. This is where the people have talked about you know, there were bridges maybe being built in different places, and they did take some of that out, but there was still $10 billion left in there for different crucial capital projects that needed to be done in infrastructure around the nation. And then just to kind of sum it up, the, the Senate bill also adds another $8.5 billion in funds for the provider relief program to assist rural health care providers. So it's kind of smaller hospitals and that sort of thing that have been kind of left out. Uh, $1.25 billion for after-school programs and $3 billion for education technology. So if you want to, you know, some people are using the 9% number, and if you want to say for direct stimulus, that is true. But there are a lot of things that have been affected now, pensions excluded. Now, of course, and there was something that were left out. The minimum wage was not put in there. Right. Uh, that was that was kicked out uh, earlier on in the process. And so there were several things that were all left out, but it's a very large number, Matt, you were talking about before. I remember watching, do you remember, and they may still have it, the debt clock yeah, that used to be. I remember when that was less than double-digit trillions, uh, less than double-digit trillions. So, you know, maybe like eight trillion, seven trillion, eight trillion, watching that, you know, it was just adding up. And now we spent that almost in a year. Yep. <laughs> so that's a, that's a little scary. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Did they mention anything? I, did you deep dive two things? Did you see anything about, um, podcast that maybe started in 2020 any type of relief there so we can maybe get our hands on that well uh, yeah you know, the ppp program is still in effect and did you know, they you, have anything that was there anything sba related in this particular one no no there, nothing, nothing nothing having to do with that that was that was done um that still except to expire march 31st i mean look guys it, i mean again we're, we're we're going national first and and then we're going to come back and we're going to work it in locally Derek. and and speaking of covid-19 speaking of something something that was canceled due to the coronavirus uh that we were excited about you sent me a picture of this or sent me information on it the uh, sunset on the square the chamber of commerce sunset on the square will be making its uh return this june i know it's a lot of fun uh man you catch the weather right on a thursday night it is absolutely just perfect. beautiful just been beautiful you know not quite hot enough yet i mean it can get a little yes. sticky but not not high usually in june there's still maybe a slight breeze once yeah. the sun goes down yeah, those first two couple of weekends are really, really nice. So Sunset on the Square coming back to the uh, Hernando Square, courtesy of the Chamber of Commerce here in Hernando. Uh, Going to be awesome. We will certainly have more information the closer we get to the uh, to June. Uh, but, but again, thank you to the Chamber of Commerce for uh, putting that, uh, that on and, and bringing that back to Hernando. I uh, like you joked around, Derek. I mean, things are kind of open up, man. I just, it's just people are kind of blowing and going. Okay, we'll get to the shout-outs here in, in a few minutes. Sure. We've already mentioned some stuff that's opening up, but – it's starting to seem like a, a a normal year in Hernando. Speaking of a normal year, it's another year. It's 2021. It is another year. It is another year discussing the Hernando Animal Shelter. As we teased on Tuesday, uh, we're going to deep dive into the Hernando Animal Shelter. We're not going to spend a ton of time on it necessarily, but we are going to explain some facts the past, present, and future kind of situation for the Hernando Animal Shelter. The UTW podcast sat down with the mayor. We went to him and said, hey, we want to talk about the animal shelter so we can educate ourselves, so we can share this on our podcast. It is a topic that uh, Ms. Beerman, Ms. Ross, uh, Mr. Robinson, the candidates here in the, uh, those are just three candidates here in the uh, for the Board of Aldermen in the city of Hernando, they brought it up. And if they brought it up, that means somebody mentioned it to them. So Derek, let's talk about the Hernando Animal Shelter, past, present, future. 
So people who have recently moved to town, you may be wondering, you know, why are we designating a part of a show, especially a Friday show, to kind of discussing this. But we wanted people to understand that this is becoming a topic. It is an election season. Obviously, the candidates must be being asked about it. Um, there's some, you know, there was a fundraiser for it this past Saturday up at the gym. And so there's a lot of stuff going around. And, you know, it, this has been, we, we don't want people to think this is a, a new phenomenon. It's been going on since at least 2016, so at least five years. So it actually started with the previous board. Uh, the discussions. And so what I wanted to do is kind of talk to, kind of bring us up to date on where we are, the history behind it, why we don't have one yet. Um, And since we've been talking about it now for over five years, maybe if a candidate comes to your door, maybe if you get a flyer and it says something about the animal shelter on there, you can understand the the issues behind it. So Hernando currently does have an animal shelter. Uh, It's up on Highway 51. Uh, It's part of fire station number two, kind of off to the side. It's in a a small building that's built right there next to the fire station. Again, the building was not designated for an animal shelter, but they they had to house it there because they had nowhere to put them. And people started dropping off dogs and cats and, and, you know, that would find. Now, the county does have a shelter, and we'll, we'll talk about the county again in just a moment. They do have a shelter, but the, the volunteers in Hernando uh, and then also some, a couple of city employees dealing with it, they wanted to have, you know, a, a humane shelter in Hernando, a no-kill shelter. And this kind of started up, you know, kind of started small, and it's grown and it's grown. And so they've outgrown the size of the one up at Her- the fire station number two. Now, a lot of this has to do with the fact that we are a no-kill shelter. Uh, all the other shelters in the county don't have that policy. And so a lot of people want to you know, bring the animals here because they're trying to find them good homes. There's a good support group around here. There's uh, the people that will sponsor animals, bring them in their homes for a short time while they try to find families. So about five or six years ago, a group got together, started, and maybe even longer, but uh, on the minutes that I found in the Alderman meeting, they started talking about um, uh, doing an animal shelter or building a brand-new animal shelter for the city. Now, this is about this. This is after the city was deeded over Renaissance Park. This was given um, by Renaissance Bank to the city uh, of Hernando a couple years before that, and so they had some land available that the city owned, you know, free and clear. So, kind of was deciding what to do with that property. We, you know, we heard ball fields and and all the and and so we had the dog park, which is there, the skate sure. park, which is there, a trail around it, which is there. So some things have happened out there, but uh, the animal shelter was a possibility, baseball fields, soccer fields, a multi-use field. That was all talked about at one point in time for Renaissance Park. And so the, the key thing I want to look at in, in the history was a meeting held on April 5th, 2016. Uh, this is when there was a bond that was being issued, and so a lot of the groups were coming, uh, soccer, which I was part of, uh, baseball groups, um, there was a, maybe a small contingent of tennis people, uh, the animal shelter people, and others uh, that came to ask to try to be part of that bond issue, uh, as well as the city had needs. The city was looking to buy uh, a water system. They were looking to get the million dollars for the Mackinville Extended Project, which obviously they got. That's almost now complete. There was a lot of stuff that was part of this bond that they wanted to see. And so the uh, group uh, at the time petitioned to have $200,000, Matt, added to the bond for the animal shelter. They requested, they said that they needed, you know, on the record, $200,000. So there was a lot of back and forth. Well, the aldermen started voting. Uh, again, if anybody wants to get the, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and read the whole thing to you. I'm not going to say which alderman said what. Please feel free. April 5th, 2016, the minutes are online under the city's website, so please go find it if you want to see. But they started having debates, and they actually started to propose dollar amounts. I will say I was at the meeting. Uh, I will say that I was part of that, and they actually voted on on part of the soccer fields, uh, Matt, I think it was four times, the first three times it was turned down, which was not a, not a good night for that for us for a certain amount of time. They did finally end up proving uh, some for the lights and for the fields, but uh, that we were turn- because the aldermen that voted against it 
were waiting to see about the dog park. That was definitely in there. It ended up happening the night, that night that they passed $275,000. So they asked for two hundred, got $275,000. That's what started the animal shelter issue. So now they now have set aside in this bond issue that was issued over five years ago, $275,000. So that, that's, that's still there. That is there. It's been there. All right, so then, okay, now that's they said, I don't know what the $200,000 number that they said that they needed was made up of. I was not privy to the information at that time. I don't know what those plans looked like, but that's how much they asked for 200 got two. So they got more than they asked for, and the city thought it was fair. Now, I will say uh, about a month later, in a May meeting, May 17th, 2016, this came up again because the city actually had a contract on a lot in the industrial park to buy for fifty. $2,504 that they could have bought a lot in the industrial park to put a, an animal shelter. There was some conversation about it. Uh, there was a, one of the aldermen brought up, hey, well, we have you know this free land over here. Why don't we put it over there? Some people said maybe we shouldn't put an animal shelter next to where kids play. And so there was a lot of debate back and forth. Another alderman said, well, if we got this one for 52000 maybe we should get bids on other lots and maybe we can get a cheaper lot somewhere. So they tabled it. They tabled the notion. So they could have actually closed, uh, had the mayor authorized to sign a contract that night and, and had it at the, at the uh, industrial park and maybe have it built by now. Uh, but that was not decided on. They kind of pushed it to the side. So let's table it. Let's look at, you know, get some more information, get some more bids on other property. And then it just kind of got shuffled, kind of waited. And then it, it sounded like, and again, I did not pull every meeting between now and, and May 17th of 2016. But I think for all intents and purposes, people finally said, well, the city owns this land. Let's just build it out there. And that, that's kind of the thought for a while. So then they said, okay, well, let's start putting this together. They, they looked to go ahead and, and build, you know, all right, what, what do we want the plans to look like? They contracted with a local architect, started kind of drawing out what it should look like. And the original drawings had four buildings. It was four buildings in kind of a, a, a block style, so two, then two, you know, two in front, two behind. And that was fine. They drew it out, had no idea what that was going to cost. $1.2 million for, for the four buildings, $1.2 million. That's, that's not $275,000. No, so it's not. They, they decided, okay, well, we're going to have to reconfigure. So they spent the last you know, few years doing this. So they went that, bid was too high. So they had to reconfigure. Now they were, they did bid it as four. They bid it at, they had a, a value for one, a value for two, and then a value for four. That was kind of at the bottom. And, and each of the the architects or the general contractors, excuse me, that bid it out had a value by each one. So they said, okay, well maybe we could do one, but if we're just going to do one, we need to make sure we have you know as much stuff as as the uh, animal shelter group is asking for. So they didn't, they couldn't take that one because that's not how it was bid. So they, all right, well redraw. So they redrew it down to one and. So they put that out to bid just uh, within the last year, and that came back at seven hundred ninety-seven thousand. So again, not two hundred, not two seventy-five. Yeah. So seven hundred ninety-seven thousand. Well, something else that people should be aware of in this budget year, I think they kind of were negotiating back and forth. The city is you know trying to work with them. The city for this budget year, starting October first, put a loan in the budget for three hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so it's a loan that they can take out when they're ready to build this building. Uh, it has not been put to bid yet. No bank has it yet. The city has not contracted for it yet because they don't need the money, so they're not going to pay interest until it's time. But they have it in the budget to be allowed to bid $300,000, excuse me, to bid a loan out for $300,000 for 
for this purpose. So now they have 575000 Okay. So we're about 200000 apart, give or take. So now they're in the process of taking that bid of seven ninety seven and reconfigure it down. Now, I've seen the plans. I didn't want to take the plans. I don't really want to discuss the plans because, first of all, they're not going to be, it's not going to be built as it looks. Uh, they're still negotiating back and forth as to what it's going to look like. But there is a, there is a gap. A much, you know, I guess a gap that you could work with. I mean, obviously more than, you know, better than 1.2 million, but there still is a gap about $200,000. I want to say that this building is about 4,600 4, under roof, uh, 2,700 heated and cooled. Uh, it does have, have some dog pen runs and stuff like that. But again, if you want to see it, maybe you know somebody with the animal shelter that may have a copy, but uh, th- there will be some stuff cut. So once we have a final one, we will obviously put it back on the show. That's where we are, I guess, and that catches it up, right? That, that right. kind of brings I mean, they, us. That gets you to the amount of money that's set aside by the city, given by the city, which totals to five seventy five. All right. Reached out to Susan. Uh, Susan um, is a head of the, uh, I guess, the, the people that kind of see in this animal shelter, you know, from that side, really advocating for it. Uh, she was not, I reached out to her Wednesday, and she was not able to meet. She's been extremely busy. She did get back with me. We have not been able to sit down and have a conversation. I sent her a list of the questions that I kind of wanted her to confirm. Uh, she said that she would at some point. I'm hoping that she can be able to call me tomorrow. Uh, we didn't want to wait on the show till Tuesday because we had talked about doing this today. But if Susan comes with me if with any information that either contradicts with what I'm saying or can add to what I'm saying, uh, we'll make sure just to kind of briefly summarize that on Tuesday. So that's where we are. Now, present. That brings us up to where we are. The city has already run water and sewer out to the project. So the water and sewer has been run out to where they want it to sit at Renaissance Park. All part of this, so that's about $75,000 spent. They had five seventy-five. Now basically, they still have five hundred thousand left to spend toward the project. So there has been work done. The city's ready to do it once they can get a bid that's within reason. One of the questions I did have for Susan um, that I uh, hope to be able to shed some line on maybe next week is how much you know they had a private fundraiser this weekend. They've been raising private funds over the last you know you know couple of years, especially. Uh, they did receive sixty-two hundred dollars in, in FY twenty twenty, which ended September thirtieth, which again is not a lot of money. However, you know, uh, unfortunately, with the passing of Mr. Sonny Bryant or Alderman Sonny Bryant, there was a lot of donations, and we, we read that out. I think I actually talked about it on one of the podcasts. There were several donations have been given uh, over two or three meetings that the aldermen accepted for the building, for the animal shelter. So that, that will obviously be added to the money. So I, I would, you know, I'm not saying I, I need a down-to-the-penny accounting, but would like to know how much has been privately raised uh, to put toward this because obviously any amount can help to get us closer that, to close that $200,000 gap. So there is some money there. The, the city is working on it. And so, you know, what's the future? The city obviously wants this done, uh, but they've, they've had enough, you know, heat and, I guess, goodwill to try to get this done. The animal shelter people obviously want this done. They need the space. It's, we've outgrown the one up there. They have taught, you know, another solution that people come and ask is like, well, why don't we just get the county to do it? The county does have a facility just north of Gwynn Road, uh, just on north of Nesbitt, I think around the corner, actually, that they have. it. So it's not too far outside the city. Uh, the problem is, is that the county is basically, that's there for disease control and population control. You know, I don't think I have to state what that means, sure. <laughs> but that probably goes against the policy that the Hernando people want. Uh, and then the other thing is, is that they don't contract, that they can't have volunteers. A lot, Hernando has a lot of volunteers that deal with the animals, the ones that sponsor them in their homes. The county does not want to have any affiliation with that. They can't take that liability or risk based on their insurance. And so we can't, we're not able to contract it for the county because of that. 
And again, I know people are completely against the idea. Other people say, you know, I can't believe we don't have one already. And this is not really us taking a side. This is just trying to get the facts out there. So the future is this, is that they are trying to close that gap. They are trying to amend the building to get it within a dollar amount to be acceptable for the monies had plus the private monies have been raised. You know, talking with a couple of aldermen, they do expect it to be under construction late spring, early summer probably before the new board is in place. The animal shelters should be going up in some form or fashion. And so the project is finally almost here. Uh, it is finally getting here. I think what the people that are campaigning, this is something that they want to see. If for some reason they're stalled uh, as this is going on, then I think that you'll when they come in July 1st, I think that you'll see the ones, especially the ones like uh, Bruce Robinson and others, Beth Ross and Leslie that mentioned, that Leslie Beerman mentioned, that you know they will make sure it gets finished. Uh, if, especially if it's already started, and if not, they're going to make sure it's started to get it finished. And so I think it's more seeing it through. And, you know, there's a lot of projects Hernandez talked about in the past, a lot of consultants brought in for different things, and a lot of times, oh, it's a great idea, and then a year later you forgot about it. Well, this is one thing that's not going away. It, it's, it's had sticking power now for six years almost, and so I think that's kind of where we are. So I hope that kind of brings everybody up to date on just a, a general understanding of the animal shelter. We have the money. It's here. And let's just get it built. Right. And Derek, we wanted to talk about this because, again, uh, several candidates have mentioned it. If they are mentioning it, people are mentioning it to them on their, their campaign, uh, walking campaign, uh, asking questions to their constituents, the people in their wards. So that's why we want to talk about it. There's not a lot. You know, basketball's over. Baseball, we're not quite ready to talk about that. So we figured, hey, let's pick up a topic that is getting talked about. Again, so real quick, just to catch everybody back up, and I'm not trying to repeat stuff, but past, we talked about how it started. Present, the city has given $575,000. Well, set aside. I mean, set aside, not right. given. Yeah, set the, aside. The loan is not technically in place. Oh, exactly. They've agreed that, like, there's no arguing that. It's done. When it's time, the city's going to move forward because, like you said, on a certain date, they agreed to go forward with a loan of three hundred. So five hundred seventy-five grand has been set aside. Some of it has been used to set up some land at Renaissance Park currently. So the city has done stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you see it a lot on social media, different places, different websites talking about the city hasn't done X and Y. Well, on this particular thing, uh, the city has set aside this money. Here it is. The people are trying to, you know, privately fundraise. Uh, that's probably something that uh, if you're interested and want to give to the Hernando Animal Shelter, you can figure out a way to do it. They have a good Instagram account. They, they're active on social media. Uh, I assure you they, they will gladly direct you on how to give to the Hernando Animal Shelter if that's something that's important to you. So what I did like, what, what Ms. Beth said and Leslie and them said the other day, let's get it finished. That's multiple projects in Hernando. I think that's something that uh, I would like to see moving forward over the next four, five, eight, ten, twelve years. Like you said, consultants come in, they leave. Come in, they leave. Tell us what to do. Right, and people, you know, they just want to see projects finished. That's and it. I'm not saying every project that every consultant offers. Exactly. Just, yes. You know, pick one. Let's go. Now, one things that the city does not know, and and I'll ask um, Susan uh, when I talk to her, the carrying costs going forward. Correct. Right. Um, now we don't know how to budget. Um, you know, right? There are currently three employees paid by the city for their current animal shelter. But you know, obviously utilities are going to go up. Now the city does pay when the animals are brought in for their shots and for any kind of health care that they need. That is also part of the city. Uh, I did talk with the city. They are under budget right now for this year uh, on that line item. So uh, that is now under control for this year. Uh, hopefully that will remain going forward. Uh, but you know, there will, this will be an, an increase in the budget number, at least based on utilities alone, not to mention if they have to hire somebody else or many more pets are brought in because of the shelter. So we'll see about that. And that's, that is, that's a topic for another day because there's, there's so many unknowns. And, again, the building will probably not be, will not be finished in the FY21 year. 
because that ends September 30th. It may, they all, may only be talking about half a year budget for next year and maybe gives them another 18 months to kind of really decide and really look at it. And, of course, that's the new board. So these candidates that are talking, that will be them making those decisions on what to budget for that. You know, Derek, thank you so much for sitting down, researching, learning some things. Again, you were at the meeting in April of 16 when they first started to ask the Board of Aldermen for money, for funds for an animal shelter. They asked for 200 and got 275 set aside that night, uh, again, alone for 300 So the city has done something. There will be carrying costs that need to be addressed and looked at and stuff like that. So when we talk about different things, and I'm not advertising this or anything like that, but when you talk about property taxes or sales tax or different things like that going on in Hernando, when you want amenities like that, want things like that, whether it be a 12-court tennis complex or people talk all the time, whether it be baseball fields or different splash things like parks, that, splash parks or, or you know, a YMCA-type facility, those type things, those things cost money to build. They cost money to maintain. They cost money to staff. The city of Hernando cannot operate solely on volunteers. There's a cost for everything. So just remember that whenever we're complaining about a pennies for the park program or something like that you know when, when we talk about different stuff so you know again Derek and I did not want to sit here and, and come down on any kind of sides and I hope everybody would agree with that he brought you facts and that's what Derek does is, is bring you facts as best he can kind of the rest is up to you I do know this Derek when the animal shelter opens it's probably gonna need some insurance oh absolutely and if you're looking for insurance reach out to Lauderdale Insurance Agency your local state farm provider Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. North Point is over the moon excited to announce that they have added an evening open house for the month of March. Monday, March 22nd, they will have an evening open house at 6 p.m. Swing by after work and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered preparatory school. NCS is conveniently located in DeSoto County near the intersection of Goodman and Getwell Roads. For nearly 50 years, the school has been delivering a high-quality and affordable private education that is distinctively and unapologetically Christian. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. Reserve your spot today by contacting their Director of Admissions, Ms. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127. Again, Ms. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. You know, Derek, I mentioned earlier in the show that I stopped by the How to Barbecue Right shop uh, to visit a few minutes with Malcolm and Rochelle there. And, uh, you know, Malcolm's such a nice guy, got a great smile. I'll give you a hint who his dentist is. The Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for several decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Drs. Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, including implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. 
DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with a relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference. Or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DFDC difference. Derek, one of my favorite things we do on Friday is just a simple DeSoto County shout-outs. Positive news, positive information going on in the city of Hernando and sometimes DeSoto County at large. So let's start off a little bit, Derek, something that you enjoy, running. Tell us about something coming up. Well, Matt, you know the pandemic's ending. We just had a conversation. It's a year old, and now things are starting to open back up. One of those things is in-person races. So in-person running races are now taking place again. Uh, unfortunately, we lost a year to that, including last year's Falk Around the Block. Well, this year, the Falk Around the Block has been scheduled, and registration is now open. The event will be held on Saturday, April 3rd at 8 a.m. Again, Saturday, April 3rd at 8 a.m. You can register on Race Roster. So look up Race Roster. Just Google it. Uh, it'll pull up the uh, – it's kind of the, the site that puts on some of these events. Uh, then type in Flocker on the block. It'll pull up. Again, 8 a.m., April 3rd. Of course, the race starts from Trustmark Bank. It has a nice little course that goes downtown, down to North Parkway, uh, up Mount Pleasant, and then back around, I think, down East Center – excuse me, Center Street, back to the Trustmark Bank. Just a great little route. Uh, great calls. All the benefits will go toward the Interfaith Council in Hernando, which is, uh, those of y'all that don't know, uh, the Interfaith Council is basically how all the churches kind of come together uh, in town. They, uh, it's held, I guess they kind of collect goods at the Catholic Charities right there, uh, where everything's turned in for clothing, for food, uh, for meat that the crew donates. So a lot of things that, that kind of culminate right there. But those are all the churches coming together. So this will benefit that, give them some uh, operating capital. So it's just a great cause, a great event. Uh, they will have awards for you know different age groups, uh, awards uh, for, the, uh, for the event. So Again, if you're an interested runner, walker, uh, just want to be out on a nice spring day and just give some money to the council, you'll come walk or run uh, on April 3rd at 8 a.m. Absolutely. Just a great event, Derek. I've, I've been a part of that event. I won't be a part of that event. <laughs> just keeping it real with you. I won't be uh, – I'd like to, you know, like to – lose a bit of weight or, or whatever but i don't think i'm going to be flocking around the block this year but we want to encourage everybody to april 3rd registration is now open something a little bit sooner Derek. this coming saturday we mentioned it on last week's shout outs desoto arts council white building when you go to, when you get to the square and take a right on 51 it's a little small cute building right there on the left hand side desoto arts council got something going on this weekend one to four what you got so tomorrow at the desoto arts council Susan Fullwood, uh, she is a local artist, will be there. She will be uh, showing her art uh, that you'll be able to go there to talk with her, sit down with her, you know, hear her, how she grew up, what she wanted to do, what made her want to be an artist. She'll have some of her works on display uh, for purchase uh, for you to go in there and also to see what else the Arts Council has. So, again, meet the local artist, Susan Fullwood. Tomorrow from 1 to 4 at the Soto Arts Council. I know it's the start of spring break. Some of y'all may be going out of town. But if not, please try to stop in there. Um, it, you know, it's going to be going to be a warm weather. going to be good temperatures. Now, there, I know there's hit or miss rain going on. But if you're out and about this Saturday, please stop by there from 1 to 4. Tell Susan hello. Tell her that uh, just let the uh, Arts Council know that the UTW podcast sent you. 
Uh, and to go in there, and, and if you've never been in, they've got great gifts. Not only can you purchase you know, paintings of hers and other local artists, but they have all different types of, of handmade jewelry, baskets, uh, just a wonderful thing in there. So please uh, go ahead and support the local arts council and all the other businesses around the square. And Derek, I'm going to uh, drop a little hint right here. If you're interested in giving a gift, uh, interested in giving something to the UTW podcast, there is a particular picture in the uh, DeSoto Arts Council show tomorrow, Miss Fullwood's show. Uh, I'm not going to tell you which one it is. If you see anything, well, I will say this. If you see anything yellow, and again, the name of our podcast is Under the Water Tower. So just take it's a beautiful picture. It's just, a beautiful picture. Exactly. Just if you go in there, but if you'd like to donate that to us or donate, donate that to the How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios, let us know. Again, that's what we do on Fridays, the Friday shout outs. We do the Fact of the Week on Tuesdays, which Rob Long has been so generous uh, to giving us. And then on Fridays, we do our shout outs, positive news, positive stories. Uh, I know three weeks ago, Derek, we talked about the teacher uh, event coming up uh, on the 4th of March. I think that was a huge success. It was. I, th- I know for a fact I had two ladies tell me uh, that they heard about it on the podcast and they were actually attending. So, wow. you know, something's pretty neat. But that's what we try and do, spread positive news and, and so forth uh, throughout uh, DeSoto County. Speaking of positive things in the county, since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419 or their website, greenkingspray.com. They're my spray service. They should be your spray service. And remember, if you want it green, call the king. If you're looking for help with your yard this season, please reach out to William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. As I've told the listeners for the last couple of months, Williams Services specializes in fencing for your property. That's new fences, existing fence repair, any fencing for your property, Williams Services can help. They can also help with winter cleanup, leaf removal, tree trimming, and now offer monthly contracts for your grass cutting. Please reach out to Richard and his team at 662 692-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find Richard on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Derek, as we've been talking about all show long, a lot of things are starting to open up at Hernando, and they're also starting to open up all across the country when it comes to travel. If you're looking for help with your summer travel plans, please reach out to Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. As I've said the last couple of episodes, if you're planning to visit a national park, if you're planning to visit Florida, if you're planning to visit north, south, east, or west of the United States of America, let Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher help. You can call them at 662 662- 469-6304. That's 469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram. 
All right, Matt, this is the time of the show. We usually turn to sports. As we mentioned, I guess, on Tuesday, that we kind of finished up basketball season. Uh, obviously, congratulations again to the Olive Branch Lady Conquistadors, also the late Cormorant boys who made it to the finals and has nothing to hang, hang their heads about. But we're going to wait and to start picking up baseball and softball. That Those will be the sports that we'll be covering for the spring, baseball for the guys and softball for the ladies. Uh, but we're going to wait till after spring break. Uh, both for a couple of reasons. First of all, a lot of the teams right now are playing non-conference out, you know, games. They're playing several tournaments on the weekend. There'll be a lot to cover. Uh, and another thing is that you know a lot of them are about to break for spring break, and that not only are students not going to be there, but I think uh, I know that North Point's going to a tournament down in Biloxi, but it's not till next weekend, uh, and other things. So again, there's a lot going on. Uh, we're going to wait until after spring break to start following the baseball, and we'll get you caught up on that and and how the teams are doing and really you know what teams are to look for. We do have two things this morning that we want to uh, mention in sports. The, there, we have two signings, so as we always try to do, we want to congratulate those athletes who do who are able to sign and get their colleges uh, paid for. The first, Zandon Harrelson, we mentioned this before, uh, he had committed to play at Northwest. Uh, he is a uh, wonderful basketball player from Center Hill. I think he was the leading scorer in the county. He averaged right at, I think, 20.8, so we'll call it 21 points a game for the Mustangs. And so he has signed. He did sign the letter of intent with Northwest. Uh, we'll be starting there uh, playing this fall. So, again, just congratulations to him. Uh, he gets you know can stay local, uh, go ahead and kind of build that resume, uh, you know, kind of you know, get some classes under him, hopefully go further, you know, go to a, a school after the two years. But just congratulations to Zan. And uh, we'll be pulling for you uh, as we did all you know throughout the basketball season. And uh, can't wait to watch you continue your career right here at Northwest. Derek, a different sport, North Point Christian School up in South Haven. Young man by the name of Claire Cox signed a letter of intent with Delta State to play soccer. You, you know more about the young man. Tell me about him. Claire, he's a senior at North Point, obviously. He's a senior midfielder uh, for the soccer team. Unfortunately, of course, the season was canceled last year. Uh, he does play competitively with the Lobos uh, up in uh, the Memphis area. Uh, so he has been playing uh, since last year. But but uh, he will be starting the North Point season next weekend. Hopefully that you have not seen him play. Wonderful player. Uh, really look forward to watching him. Of course, my son's on the team. So I'll be seeing a lot of clear uh, this spring. Uh, but just, you know, again, congratulations. I think that's maybe one of our – First couple, no matter what sport for Delta State, so semi-local, a couple hours away, going down to Cleveland. Delta State's had a, a good soccer program for a long time, so really just congratulations to Claire, being able to further education and being able to uh, get it paid for, and uh, good luck there on the soccer on the yeah. soccer pitch. So congratulations to Claire Cox on a soccer scholarship to Delta State. Congrat congratulations to Zanon Harrelson for uh, the opportunity to go to Northwest and play basketball. Quick fact, Claire Cox lives under the water tower. He does live under, he the, does water live under the water tower. He is from Hernando. Uh, one of uh, another little fact about Claire: uh, triplet. He is a triplet. One of a, one of three. So uh, congratulations to him. If you enjoy what you hear each and every Tuesday and Friday morning on the UTW podcast, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. On Twitter, that's UTW Pod. Also, if you enjoy our show, please share it. Share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it with friends and family. Let them know what we're doing here at the UTW Podcast that you enjoy. And again, I joke around all the time. If you like what you hear, share it with 10 people. If you hate what you hear, share it with 100. Tell everyone. And that helps us to continue to grow. Continue to grow our listenership. Continue to grow our, hopefully, opportunity to spread good news about DeSoto County, about Under the Water Tower, as far as we can. 
as we just mentioned a second ago, Zannon Harrelson from Center Hill. If you're looking to, for more information about the eastern side of the county, Center Hill and Olive Branch of the particular schools, but that area, if you're interested, look up our brother podcast, OB Pod. That's OB Pod. Very simple. Find them, listen to it. They produce a weekly show that comes out around Monday maybe even Tuesday of each week, early in the week, and they do a wonderful job. Several people I've talked to in the last few days mentioned to me about the annexation uh, part of the episode, uh, annexation discussion that they had on one of their first episodes and how much they learned uh, and how different it was from what they thought. So, again, OB Pod, reach out to them. They are part of the Rooster Production team. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the Water Tower. (laughs) 